Okay, lots going on in the world of music, not the least of which is Canadian Music Week is underway here in the city of Toronto. And joining us now, who else but music expert Eric Alper here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Eric, nice to see you, my friend. Good to see you. I haven't slept since Sunday night. Okay. <laughs> and the conference is only half over. And the conference hasn't even really started. It started Monday night for all the bands and the clubs. There's about 35, 36 clubs that are going on across the city. And the conference really starts on Thursday. So do you think... Uh, Caffeine uh, consumption, is it up noticeably in the city uh, this week, everybody? Because this is not, when you go to a conference in the morning or during the day, these are not typically music people or musicians' hours. Um, no, no. <laughs> and, it, and it's not even a, a concept that I think a lot of musicians actually realize because they want to become a musician to get away from the nine to five world. And then you stick a conference in front of them and they're like, wait a second, like a business conference. It's like, no, no, no. This is this is where you can learn the tricks and the trade and the tools that artists need in order to not only just survive, but thrive in today's music industry. So that's that's my favorite part of the of, of Canadian Music Week is going and listening listening to people at Live Nation and listen to all of the labels around the world talk about not only what they're dealing with, but hopefully some solutions. All right, well, let's talk about the state of the Canadian music industry, if we can, here on Canadian Music Week. Uh, it seems pretty good to me when you look at uh, Drake, The Weeknd, uh, Bieber, and others having this, uh, Sean Mendez, yeah. having all of this extraordinary success. Are we in a bit of a, a golden age or golden period of Canadian music uh, yeah. right now? And, 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 you know, this these kind of successes that the artist is having isn't so far off from the early 90s when we saw Celine Dion and Alance Morissette and uh, Shania Twain and Joni Mitchell having huge success. And then even further back in the 80s where you had Brian Adams and Corey Hart and, and, uh, uh, and artists like that, uh, Tom Cochran selling, you know, millions of copies around the world. And we're definitely seeing that here. And I think the big difference is, is that every artist out there, whether you're in Toronto or Barrie or Scarborough, your competition is not another band from Toronto. Your competition is Bruce Springsteen. Your competition, if you play pop music, is Ariana Grande. And so when you have a level playing field, an actual ability for anybody to be on the same platform like YouTube or Spotify or any music streaming service or radio station, you're all in competition with one another for the eyes and ears of that one person. And I think that hearing the, the artist knowing that they'll realize quickly enough that only the strong survive and the big survive that have a team. They've got a manager, they've got a booking agent, they've got um, a record label that's willing to support them. And those artists that you mentioned, the Biebers, the, the Shawn Mendes, The Weeknd, they all have that. And it might have taken them years, sometimes it takes them weeks or months um, in order to get discovered. But behind the scenes, there's a lot of people working with them. It's not a one-person operation anymore. Is that what the internet has done, where brought us to in 2019 when you say level the playing field that uh, you know you, the great thing about YouTube and the internet is you can get your music out to the masses but you're right uh, it can be judged by everybody and you know the listener is not that uh, disconcerting if you will that they are going to judge it against some of the biggest music acts in the world as to whether you're good or not yeah I mean we're, we're all into that you know every business is facing that right now when you know you're you're facing it here at, at AM640 with your competition or, or not only just every other radio station that people have access to but podcasting and we're sure. all after the dollar so whenever the Avengers you know comes out with a new movie that's 
time away spent from a radio station. That's time away spent from listening to music. And even though that we're, we all should build each other up and support one another and champion one another, I think it's a little bit of a shock to the mental system for artists to realize that just because you have your video up on YouTube doesn't mean it gets deserved to be seen and heard. We, nobody has time for good anymore. We only have time for great. And that's where you start to get into a little bit of the manipulation of advertising and their rules is you got to make them laugh. You got to make them cry. You got to make them angry or you have to be so good at what you do that it makes people want to share those things. Let so, me ask you, what are the repercussions of that though? Because I, I'm trying to remember the artist I heard uh, interviewed recently and they were saying that they didn't the really- Beatles. Sure. <laughs> they were saying that, that, no, it was not the Beatles. Because <laughs> there were four were, of them. They were saying that they did not find their footing until about their third album, that they were given Oh, that's like, every, that's like every artist right now. Yeah, I mean, and time to grow, but to, it sounds like artists with the, the internet today, what we're talking it. about, are not given that time. Not even close to it. You know, there there's a lot of artists that, you know, Bruce Springsteen didn't crack until his third album. Um, you know, the Rolling Stones didn't crack until their second. You know, one of my favorite bands, Tears for Fears, didn't crack until until their second. Um, there's so many bands that the who and the, and, and so many bands that needed to have their seven year period where they wrote 500 songs, you know, and I tell artists that now it's like, you think that you have three songs for a small album or an EP as it's called in the industry and you stick it up on, on Spotify and nobody listens to it. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to write like a hundred songs and they're going to be terrible, Yeah, but you need to get through your 10,000 hours of practice in order to know how to write and how to play. And, and I think a lot of bands see an overnight success like Sean Mendez, but don't realize that he spent 18 months on the social media platform Vine making six second videos. And he would be really filming 20 minutes worth of material to get it down to that perfect six seconds. That's a lot of work. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that the bands realize it. Um, they yeah, just but think, are we also throwing some bands under the scrap heap prematurely because they're not given that time yeah, to, to mature and grow? Yeah, I know. I know. Big, big, big record labels now are only signing artists for one song, and if that one song doesn't get anywhere between twenty and forty million streams on music streaming services or twenty million views on YouTube, they're dropping them because the amount of money in advertising and promotion that they have to spend in order to get to those numbers they're probably barely breaking even. And the payoff is the second single where you have all these fans from the first one now coming to you and following you and waiting to see what you do. But if that first single doesn't even break, forget about album. Um, you're not really getting a chance for the second one. So yeah, sooner, you know, we're going to find, it's funny. There's always these articles every now and again that say, you know, um, the, the 10, best unheard albums of the 70s yeah. or they'll pick a year there's going to be a multitude of those lists 10 years down the road because there's just so much music now it's impossible to even get a grasp on what's popular all right since we're talking hits uh, also wanted to mention to you and get your take on rolling stone and their announcement that they're going to start uh, for the first time ever their own chart and uh, run in competition with a billboard which has been the uh, industry standard Pretty much uh, forever. That was yeah, the, I still use it. Yeah, the countdown that uh, Casey Kasem, uh, American Top right, 40, when right. it was and Billboard based Hot 100, on. Yeah, yeah, and that Ryan Seacrest still does uh, to this uh, day. It's kind of the industry standard. It's the Bible. What is Rolling Stone entering that playing field? What does that mean for the industry? Uh, it means nothing, um, I think, to the outside world because I think the the outside world still doesn't really understand 
what Billboard's Hot 100 chart is actually consisted of. They used to be, well, fairly easy. It was based on sales and and sales of singles. Now it's based on streaming services and it's based on downloads, but downloads is only worth X amount compared to streaming. It takes 1,500 streams on a free site to hit one sale. And it's very confusing. That's why people love talking about the film world and it's like number one at the box office. That's it. It's really simple. You spend money, this is it. With with what Rolling Stone is doing, I think that they're looking for an attraction on social media for the fan bases of those artists to get really excited, meaning that an uh, an artist like BTS, which is huge around the world in the in, in in the pop world, they may not be number one on Billboard Hot 100, but they might be number one based on the methodology of what Rolling Stone decides to do, and that could be amount of hits to their website. It could be amount of views are worth 10 times more. When they post that BTS is number one on the Rolling Stone chart list, they're going to get thousands and thousands and thousands of hits to their website. So this is all a marketing thing. It's all marketing. You know, Uh, I'll I'll be really surprised if like you and I and our duet song that comes out in in three months um, (laughs) hits number one on that song. But, um, but you know, it's one of those things where, Everybody's seemingly in the music industry that um, worth its salt, whether you're a media outlet or a radio station, has their own countdown. And it's fun. It's fun to say that you're number one here. Sure. But, you know, here's the thing is uh, the old saying is you're not number one until you're number one on Billboard, right? And is that that's yeah. going to still hold I have, true, do you I think? I have an artist that said <laughs> yeah. that you're either... You're either on the Billboard Hot 100, your top 40, your top 10, or your number one. Nobody cares if you're number four. Yeah. <laughs> That's so And true. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. All right. Well, yeah. Eric Elper, you were always number one with us, oh, my friend. Thanks, man. Same back to you. Okay. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the rest of Canadian Music Week. Thanks so much. Music expert Eric Elper with us on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.